Good morning, church. It's great to see you this morning. Thank you for joining us as we come together and worship God. Please stand with me as we worship him through song. Let our praise be your welcome. Let our songs be a sign. We are here for you. We are here for you. Let your breath come from heaven. are open, nothing here is hidden, you are our one desire, you alone are holy, only you are worthy, God, let your fire fall down, let our shouts be your anthem. Your renown, fill the sky, we are here for you, we are here for you, let your word move in power, let what's dead come to life. We are here for you. We are here for you. To you our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. You alone are holy. Only you are worthy, God. Let your fire fall down. To you our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. You alone are holy. Only you are worthy, God. Let your fire fall down. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. Almighty God of love, be welcome in this place. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. Almighty God of love, be welcome in this place. Let every heart adore. Let every soul awake. Almighty God of love, be welcome in this place. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. Almighty God of love, be welcome in this place. 
you our hearts are open nothing here is hidden you are our one desire you alone are holy only you are worthy god let your fire fall down you our hearts are open nothing here is hidden you are our one desire you alone are holy only you are worthy god let your fire fall down you alone are holy only you are worthy god let your fire Good morning, church, and good morning to you online. I know it's cold outside, but what better place to be? The church is warm, and we're here in the house of God this morning. I've got a few, okay, not a few. I've got quite a few announcements, so bear with me here, okay? First of all, um, in case you don't know, we have some amazing Sunday school classes and small groups that you all are more than welcome to enjoy, whether you are one years old or 101 years old or even 102 and 103, um, we have a class for you. At 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings, we invite you to get involved in a small group, study God's word, learn more about it, dig deeper into it. We have a group no matter um, where you fit in in that age group, and you don't even have to tell us how old you are. That's okay. We don't need to know your age, but we have a place for you. Um, There is choir practice. We are going to be doing a mini cantata for Resurrection Sunday and they will be meeting after church. The cantata is Mercy Tree. Um, It is a phenomenal one. If you would like to be a part of that, there is still time to join. Stay after church, and you can get all that information. Tonight at 6 p.m. in the chapel, Randy's class is going to meet, which is Survey of the Bible, and uh, we encourage you to enjoy that with Randy at the chapel. Tomorrow night is our MBA rally in Litchfield. It's going to be a good one. Um, Leon Adams is here to share how his mission ministry and the Illinois Baptist Disaster Relief work together. Um, At our house, Leon is not known as Leon Adams. He's the pumpkin man. Um, If you ask my kids, they know that their papa goes to see the pumpkin man and Leon has an amazing story. I, I love the story he has. He is taking a large pumpkin patch and he is ministering to migrant workers and using the disaster relief um, shower trailer to do that and the souls that he has been able to save the past couple years. It's amazing how God is working through some pumpkins and a shower. So if you have an opportunity tomorrow at Litchfield, please attend that. Leon's story is one um, that's amazing to hear. There will be no women's exercise group this week. And for my final announcement, I have some assistance. I know this looks scary. It scares me too a little bit. All right, so I have these wonderful ladies here to help me out. Next Saturday is the Youth Valentine Dinner. 
these wonderful ladies, along with a few extras, will be your servers, okay? Um, some of them will hold the trays with two hands. Good job, Em. Um, and that's okay. And we will be serving you a four-course dinner, and we hope if you are not signed up, please sign up. It is not just for couples, though. If you want to bring your family, bring your families. We will serve anybody. Um, we are excited about it. We talked this morning. We've got it all planned. You will not go home hungry. I promise you that. We've got some amazing people helping us prepare the food. Okay, just so you know, too, they're not going to be preparing all the food. So if that makes you nervous, it's okay. I've asked Jeanette and Lisa to help me with that portion of it. Okay. But they will be serving your food. It's always a fun time. There'll be entertainment as well. So please, 6 o'clock next Saturday, um, over in the other building, please join us. Let these youth um, touch your heart. If you don't know any of these young ladies up here, get to know them next Saturday. They are a great group of youth. We enjoy them. They have a heart to serve God. They love Jesus. So come, and if nothing else, get to know them. Talk to them. If they don't talk to you, make them talk to you. So I think all of them up here talk well. So please join us for that. Now I'm going to ask Charlie Baker if you will come and lead us in prayer. You see these uh, prayer sheets. Uh, they, they come also on the emails, you know. And there's 40 names that people have put on these uh, uh, prayer lists on who's your one. Uh, somebody that, that we feel that needs to know Jesus as our Savior and Lord. And so each one of these uh, names, Jim, Matthew, Kim, Haley, Crystal, Kate, and all 35 others were put on there by somebody in the church that they were wanting to pray for. And at this time, we're going to go to the uh, prayer uh, for not only who's your one, but there's also a reconnect section, those that haven't been here in a while. Uh, there's also a praise section, as well as uh, answered prayers and prayer requests, okay? So this is full of information, and we, you need to pick one up at, whenever you leave. Shall we go to the Lord in prayer? Our most gracious and all-wise Heavenly Father, I thank you very much. I thank you for that song that we sang, that we have the desire to do what you would have us to do, Lord, before this. We saw this group of uh, young people that's willing to uh, fix a meal, Lord, so that we might fellowship together. We just want to just say thank you. We want to say thank you for each and every individual that's sitting in this room, Lord. That if there are any in this room that knows you not as personal Savior and Lord, that they might make that step today. But also, Lord, uh, if there's anybody here that you've laid your, your, uh, your will on, Lord, to join us in ministering in Carlinville here and in this, in this community, we ask you to give them the, if, if you're calling them, to ask you to give them the wherewithal to walk down the aisle, Lord, and join this church, Lord, to join in the ministry, Lord, to where we can serve others. Lord, I thank you very much for Cliff and his family. And as he brings the message today, Lord, that he might bring it in a way in which you would have him to bring, Lord, and that it might make a, a, a real impression on our hearts. 
and I can't say enough about the music board. Uh, it's the preparation for, and it has the messages that you would have, Lord, and just be with Adam. But most of all, Lord, I would like for you to be here and accept our praise and worship of you. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Please stand with me once again if you're able, and we'll continue to worship through song. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful with streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering, there's pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away, you give and take away. Blessed be your name. 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 Blessed
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. The splendor of the King in majesty let all the earth rejoice all the earth rejoice he wraps himself in light and darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice trembles at his voice how great How great. 
Oops. <laughs> Good morning. Um, how great is our God, right? And someday, someday we'll actually realize how great he is. You know, we sing about it, but I, I, I know that I'm, I don't get how great he is truly. Okay, one day when I stand on the streets of gold, it's not the golden streets I'll be concerned about. It'll be Jesus, right? Okay, so here we are in, in 2 Samuel chapter 8. 2 Samuel chapter 8. And I will tell you this, that we're gonna, what we're going to read out of 2 Samuel chapter 8, we're not reading the whole chapter. I think I stopped about three verses short. You can find the same story in 1 Chronicles, the 18th chapter. Matter of fact, if you wanted to turn there and play a little mind game with yourself and read along, you can see that the same things are shown there. So we're talking about the son of David. And this is one of those, this is, this is a major point when we're trying to understand the concept of the Messiah, the son of David, or the Christ, that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the, all the religious people were looking for. Because when the Messiah came, when the son of David came, they didn't recognize him as the Messiah, did they? Because he didn't fit their preconceived notion of who he needed to be. And this chapters, these chapters, tell a partial story of, of kind of what they were looking for, kind of what they were looking for. And I think, honestly, we fall into the same boat. We're looking for what they were looking for. And we're selling things short. We have eyesight that goes as far as the grocery store. Okay? And, and that's kind of where we're at. So we're, we're going to look at this today. Now, last weekend... After we got all done with church, we all came back, at, not all of you, but many of you came back at 5 o'clock, and we watched the Super Bowl together, and uh, the Chiefs won, right? You all knew that, okay? I had to think, was the Super Bowl last weekend? It seemed like it was long ago. But while we were watching some of that, I watched some of the commercials, and I don't remember all of the commercials, but I remembered this one. And I read about it. You know, so our son's in this kind of line of work, so I'm hoping someday he gets one on, on TV. All right? That's what I'm looking for. That's what his pinnacle of, of, of achievement. So the commercial with Dunkin' Donuts. You remember that one? Yeah, no, you don't remember that one. Okay. It was good, all right? And, and, and I'm realizing as I'm watching it that I should know who these people are, Right? Because they, their faces look familiar. The girl looked familiar. The, the guys looked somewhat familiar. I'm not watching a lot of movies, so, how, you know, yeah, yeah, I'll stay. I had to read it, you know. And in there, there was Ben Damon and Matt Affleck. No? Tom Affleck. No, no. Oh, all right. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, some other guy they don't remember, and Tom Brady was actually in that commercial. And I had to read about it before I recognized who they were. But I know that that one guy that was leading, the Ben guy, he was in a movie with the pickup truck, and he shot a lot of bad guys. That's all I know about ben, ben, okay? He shot a lot of bad guys. I couldn't even tell you what movie it was. He parked the pickup truck in a garage, or got it out of a garage, okay? That's my movie knowledge. So, I say all that, why? Because in the movie, what do we want? 
We want a hero, right? We're looking for the hero to come take care of the bad guy, the, where the good guy wins. Isn't that what we're looking for? I mean, if you think about it. Most, most everything that we watch, we want the good guy to win. We want that hero. We see the bad situation. The Batman movie opens up, and it's dreary and dark. As a matter of fact, it ends dreary and dark. But anyway, in the middle of that, Batman wins. Okay, he gets rid of the Joker, the Penguin, um, whoever else is in those things. Okay, that's what we're looking for. And honestly, that's kind of what they were looking for in Messiah. They were looking for a guy to come in to enter the scene and, and, and take care of the Romans. Because when you're under the rule of somebody else, you want somebody to come and deliver you. And that's kind of where they were at. Let's walk through where we've been, because we're, we're looking today at David as a military leader. But what have we seen up to this point, this kind of rehash of the, of the messages prior to this? Okay, Saul was the first king in the United Kingdom. He was the first king. He started out well, but then he did what? He sinned, and his sin, his disobedience to God, removed him from that position. So don't get into a position that God gives you and then do wrong things. So that's what he did, and God removed him and was, going to re and was replacing him with David. So sin set the stage. That's the why we got David. God's choice was David. Remember, Samuel had to go. Samuel the prophet, the last of the prophets, the last of the judges, excuse me, the last of the judges had to go and visit Jesse's house. God says the next king is here. He walks through all of them, and finally, it's David. So God chose somebody that we didn't choose. We wouldn't have chose. Somebody that Samuel wouldn't have chose. Then we see David. The story of David now continues, and he defeats who? Remember that big guy? His head would have touched this, by the way. Okay, he'd have bumped his head on that microphone up there. His name was Goliath. And he took him down with a stone. Who took him down? The Lord delivered him. And so we see that victory over the undefeatable. Then Jonathan, matter of fact, I walk, I walk around, so just so you know, today I'm trying to catch up, I'm trying to, I'm trying to leave church with more steps than Charlie, okay? And so, so anyway, um, I walk into the, to the room where Jesse's at, and, and Alicia's back there, and they're studying the story, and Josie's, Josie's got a page that she's colored of Jonathan and David, and I think most of the time she was on the same page with the coloring Okay, but but you know that's the story, right? He had the proper response to king. He supported David being king. We saw that in Jonathan. Jonathan should have been the next king, but God had chosen David, and D D Jonathan was good at that. God's plan was long and difficult. David was anointed, and the next day he became king. Well, if the next day is fifteen years later, kind of get that idea. It took a long time for that to happen. How many of you are waiting on God? God's made a promise. If God's made a promise, God's going to deliver them. We know he made a promise that Jesus come back. Is Jesus come back? Yes, he's coming back. Okay? So because God promised it, and last week we looked at the spiritual leader. In other words, David's invite was to come and help move the ark and bring it into Jerusalem. It was about honoring God. Matter of fact, he, want, he wants to build the temple but God doesn't let him, but he gets everything ready for that. Now, I will tell you that some of this stuff in David's story, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna flip from the Old Testament. At next, next week's the last week we're in the Old Testament before we flip into the New Testament in the beginning of March. 
So we're missing a lot of David's story. You'll, you'll, you'll need to read the story about David collecting all the stuff for the temple and stuff like that. But you'll see what he did and why he was the one that everybody else measures up against. We're in, if you're watching, if you're doing the survey of the Bible, if you're following along, trying to follow along chronologically, this is what we call the period of the United Kingdom. It started with Saul, then David, and then Solomon. So that's the United Kingdom that we're looking at. Just kind of a point of reference chronologically. They're going to flip the slide. It's one of those things chronologically that we're, that we're walking through to understand it. The Old Testament, why do we do the survey of the Bible? Why do we do the 30 days? I have books, the 30 days of understanding the Bible. If you don't want to come to class, you don't want to, you can do the, the survey of the Bible on, online through your Right Now Media a subscription that we've got for you. If you don't have it, let us know. We'll get you there. But when we do that, we're, we, it helps when you understand how all this stuff goes together because the Bible isn't always put in chronological order and sometimes it's hard to understand. So we want to help you do that. So here we are in 2 Samuel chapter 8. I'm going to start in verse 1. Now after this, it came about that David defeated the Philistines and subdued them. And David took control of the chief city from the hand of the Philistines. He defeated Moab and measured them with a line, making them lie down on the ground. And he measured two lines to put to death and one full line to keep alive. And the Moabites became servants to David, bringing tribute. Then David defeated Hadadezer, the son of Rehob, king of Zobah, as he went to restore his rule at the river. David captured from him 1,700 horsemen and 20,000 foot soldiers. And David hamstrung the chariot horses, but reserved enough for, of them for 100 chariots. When the Arameans of Damascus came to help Hadadezer, king of Zobah, David killed 22,000 Arameans. Then David put garrisons among the Arameans of Damascus, and the Arameans became servants to David, bringing tribute. And the Lord helped David wherever he went. David took the shields of gold which were carried by the servants of Hadadezer and brought them to Jerusalem. From Beda and from Barothai, cities of Hadadezer, King David took a very large amount of bronze. Now King Toy, King of now when King now excuse me, now when Toy, King of Hamath, heard that David had defeated all the armor of Hadadezer, he sent Joram his son to King David to greet him and bless him because he had fought against Hadadezer and defeated him. For Hadadezer had been at war with Toy, and Joram brought with him articles of silver, of gold, and of bronze. King David also dedicated these to the Lord, with the silver and gold that he had dedicated from all the nations which he had subdued, from Aram and Moab, from the sons of Ammon, from the Philistines, from a and Amalek, and from the spoil of Hadadezer, son of Rehob, king of Zobah. So David made a name for himself when he returned from killing 18,000 Arameans in the Valley of Salt. He put garrisons in Edom. He put in all Edom, he put garrisons in all, and all the Edomites became servants to David, and the Lord helped David wherever he went. So David reigned over all Israel, and David administered justice and righteousness for all his people. Okay, so as we read through that, you recognize where all those places were at, right? You could get you could get on a get in your car and drive there. You knew all those guys' names, right? You, it was important to know who he was the son of, because you know another guy with the you know another had a desert and he's not the son of Zobah, or, or however that worked, right? So so all that stuff's in there. 
Here's what I want us to capture. You can look at it on the maps. Here's what I want us to capture is all of the action that takes place. All, all of the, 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 the verbs that are used there to tell us what happened. David defeated. That's mentioned, he defeated. David defeated repeatedly throughout all of the enemies. And if you were looking, it goes west. The enemies to the west were to the Philistines. The enemies to the east. The enemies to the north. And the enemies to the south. That's how it's set up. So we're not sure that all these victories are in chronological order. But as they catalog them for us to look over, they put them in, in physical territory. So we started with the west, the Philistines, which were the, the major nemesis of Israel. They had tormented Israel all the time. The Philistines got to be first on the list. Then it went around, then it went from then it went to the east. So we start over here, we go over here, then we go north and we go south. And those are the enemies that David defeated. He captured them. He hamstrung them. He put garrisons in place. He took shields. All of those things. When, you, when you're reading through there, it's just, this is an action movie, right? I mean, 18,000, 22,000, and the list off. He set a line down. This side we're going to keep. These we're going to take care of. We're going we're to wipe out. Those are the kind of things, the actions that happen. David is a warrior. Matter of fact, when you read about David and wanting to build a temple, it's because of the blood he shed that, that God mentions that you're not going to build a temple. You can get it ready, but you're not building the temple. But these are the things that, that, that you look at and you admire in his military might. David started his career with lions and bears. Then he took out one Philistine that nobody else wanted to battle. And then it goes on where he defeats Philistines consistently. Matter of fact, back in the fifth chapter we read, he defeated the Philistines there. And then it's back again here in the eighth chapter. But it's not just the Philistines, it's all of the nations around them. All of the nations around them. I'm going to show you a map in just a little while, but I want you to pay attention. Think about what that means, that all of the nations around them, that David here, he's defeated them. He's taken stuff from them. They've become his servants, and now they're paying the taxes or the spoils to David and to Jerusalem, to Israel. Because it flips later on. The Assyrians take tribute from Israel later on. The Romans are taking tribute from Israel at the time that Jesus comes. So you see all this taking place. This is what David did. This is what David did. Then it said... I kind of like this phrase. So David made a name for himself. Man, think about it. People, people know who you are because of what you've done. If I were to, you know, all those guys in the commercial, you know their names because what? They've done something. If I were to mention Caitlin Clark today, most of you would recognize who she was. Some of you won't, but most of you would recognize who she was because she now has a record, and it's been major news. We recognize people for what they have accomplished. David is no different. David has made a name for himself because of all of the victories that he's had with all of the neighboring nations that have oppressed and fought against Israel over the years. And it says this, that David reigned. Put on a crown, sit down on the throne. 
And, and, you know, we just read about Sennacherib coming against Hezekiah, and he's all proud because here's all the, here's all the people that we defeated, and we're going to march over you. David, as we read through this chapter, is kind of in that same place. Look at all that has been accomplished as David has been the warrior king, the military leader that has led them to victory after victory after victory. I'm going to ask you this question. Would you want a king like that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Would, 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 you, would you like a leader like that of our country? Somebody that just, you know, no, everybody else is afraid of. I mean, it's kind of, you know, when I look at the parallels between these, that's kind of what I see. Here's that mighty, uh, that mighty military, and then it's, it's going to be followed up with an eco- economic boom. That military that's strong, now what's he got? He's got everybody paying to him. The roads in Jerusalem ought to look pretty good because he's getting tribute from every place else. He's got their gold shields. Matter of fact, it's kind of like he puts them in storage because they really don't need them. The, the, the chariot horses that he hamstrung, he didn't want anybody else to have them and he didn't need them. So that's why they got wiped out. That's the kind of king that we would like. So back in 2019, we, we got to, because of you, we got to watch the Super Bowl from Jerusalem at like 3 o'clock in the morning, all right? That wasn't the main thing. That wasn't why we went there. But we got to take a trip throughout all of Israel, and we got to see a lot of things. This picture that they're going to put up on the screen here is a bunch of rocks, Right? All right, they're stacked nicely. This is Megiddo. You all recognize that, right? You know what's there? Who was David's son? Solomon. These were the extension of David's kingdom. Because as he passed the, the kingship on to his son, the son of David named Solomon, Solomon built stables because he got more horses. I'm not hamstringing horses. I'm going to find a place to put stables. And what he did is he began to put outposts further and further out from Jerusalem to protect Jerusalem. Remind me, this is one of those things, that, that down by Marine and over at Pierre Marquette, they're all gone now, but if you were old enough, you remember that's where the missile sites were to protect McDonnell Douglas. And, that, and so there were four of those sites around St. Louis. This is exactly, they stole Solomon's idea, who we probably got from somebody else, right? You put garrisons out, you man these garrisons. This garrison with all of the horses and the chariots sit on top of a high spot that watched the major highways. So when, they, when there was somebody coming, they knew they were coming, and down would come the chariots to take care of any army that might think that they could advance against Israel. So that's Megiddo, and that's, there's pictures of the stalls that they thought and also all that. So we were walking around on the stones that the horses that belonged to Solomon walked around on. So that's kind of a cool place. Now here is a map. I don't know how well that you can see that, Okay. But here's a map. This is what they call, this is a map of the United Kingdom. 
It came out of my Moody Bible Atlas, my favorite, it's my favorite Bible Atlas. Lagos has got Bible Atlas, but it doesn't, the pictures here are better. So, the one down at the bottom is Jerusalem. See that big arrow at the bottom that points? That little dot that it's pointing to is the city of Jerusalem, so you guys can have some reference point, because you know Jerusalem on the map. Matter of fact, uh, we're watching it on the news, right? We've seen that. That's where Jerusalem sits. The next arrow up, it says Saul's kingdom, and that's the pink up there. So you see, when Saul was king, that's kind of the territory that he controlled while he was king. David comes on, and David's kingdom is in the orange. Right? That's plus the pink. So the kingdom under David now gets expanded all the way down to the, to the Dead Sea, all the way up. Uh, to the north, and then the yellow is the expansion of the control that Solomon had. You understand the significance of that map? Remember when they remember when they came in under Joshua, and they conquered the land. They had a little spot. Where were they going to? The Promised Land. How big was the Promised Land? That. Okay. That's what's going on, the United Kingdom. That's the expanse of it. That's the territory that the son of David controlled. It's the territory they controlled. I want to take you back inside of the verses that we read. Kind of get a, so we don't forget something important. Because oftentimes we do. We do today. We want that kind of king. We want, we want a David king. Saul was not too bad, but we want a David king, and we want a Solomon king. We want to expand the borders. We want, that's what they were looking for. They were looking for, because this kingdom was under the control of what kingdom? It controlled its own. They weren't paying taxes to the Romans, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, none of those things. Everybody else was paying taxes and feared the Israelites because of what David was able to accomplish. We get caught up in what man can do. If you read along there in the 6th and the 14th verse, you should have caught this phrase. We'll turn the page there. And the Lord helped David wherever he went. If you highlight any verses, any, any part of those verses in those passages, you're still, you can do that in the, in the, in the electronic one and the paper one. Highlight that. And the Lord helped David wherever he went. The Lord gave victory to David. Depending on the version that you're reading, the Lord gave victory to David. Made David victorious. It's the same thing that happened. Why, who defeated Goliath? God did. And that's who David gives credit. So as they write this out, both the writer and the compiler of Kings, or Samuel, excuse me, 2 Samuel and First Chronicles lets us know that it wasn't all David, that it was David being obedient and God being with David wherever he went. Those victories became, those victories belonged to God, not to David. So as we go out there and face ours, who do we need? We, we need not to do things on our own, but to do things with God's help. You know, that Henry Blackaby thing who just passed away, Find out where God's at work and then do what? Ask him to come over here? No, go where the work of, go where God is working. That's what he's asking him to do. And so we see that. 
Now, as we move through this, and as we move into the New Testament, and we study this concept of the Messiah, the Son of David, and how they missed it, and how sometimes we miss God in our midst, I want us to be reminded of the kingdom passages. This is just a couple of them. But it's two that I think you'll recognize. They come from the Sermon on the Mount. And here we are in, in um, Matthew 6.10. Your kingdom come. This is the, the Lord's Prayer, right? Your kingdom come. Your will, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the 33rd verse. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. When we think of Son of David, we're thinking kingdom, right? That's the kind of, kind of um, vision that we get, the picture that we get. We're thinking about the kingdom. Now, when Jesus comes, the Son of David, as we're going to read in the New Testament as we get there, we read about that. He is the Son of David. He mentions the kingdom. But his kingdom doesn't look like the kingdom on the map, does it? His kingdom is totally different. But what kingdom are we looking for? Let's be honest. What kingdom are we? We're looking for a kingdom on the map. God's kingdom is bigger than that. God's kingdom. We imagine a kingdom where, where there's rule and where everything is good, where the economy is good, where the military might is good. That's the kingdom that we imagine. That's the kingdom that they wanted. In the context of being under the Roman rule, you want the guy that can re, reestablish. Go, let's go back to the glory days. They long for that, right? When they rebuilt the temple, they, they this isn't anything like it used to be. At the time that Jesus came, under Herod, the temple was actually more glorious than it had ever been. But they wanted a kingdom they could put on a map. As we read those passages, the kingdom of God is bigger than any map that we own. Understand that? Our telescopes have reached way, way out there. But they haven't reached the end of God's kingdom. So here's the, quite, here's the action. What do we want to do with this as we walk through this? Here's what I want you to, to think about as we walk away. This is, this is one of those, those questions you need to wrestle with because you'll want to answer this correctly. But I want you to ask it, answer it honestly. Is your Jesus simply an earthly hero? Well, no, right? But I want you to think about what you're looking for Jesus to do because his kingdom is bigger than an earthly kingdom. What are you asking God to do? Why is it that the Pharisees missed Jesus? Why is it that they hung him on the cross and thought they were doing the world a favor? They missed Jesus because they were looking for an earthly hero. They were looking for the guy to ride in on the white horse and kick the Romans out. What are we looking for today? He died. Not only that we might have abundant life here, but that we might have eternal life. So let's answer that question today and as we walk through. Adam's going to come back up here and we're going to sing a song. Now, why do we do this? So we can roll the credits up here on the screen. We do this so that you have an opportunity to respond 
to what God has been speaking to you. Not only in this hour, not only in this Sunday school hour, but all week, maybe longer than that. God may have been working on you for a long, long time. I answered the call to preach in November. God had been working on me since sometime back in July of that same year. It took me that long to walk down the aisle and share that news with the people who loved me the most so that they could pray for me so that someday they could send me off and I could be, you get stuck with me, right? But that's what we're doing, right? We want to invite you to, to answer whatever God... God may be leading you to come and, and give your life to Him, to accept Him as, as your Savior, so that you know that you have eternal life, part of His kingdom beyond this world. Maybe that God is calling you to go on mission, to be a missionary. It might be Whatever it is, it may be that God wants you to pray for one of those 35 names that are on that list or 40 names that are on that list. It may be that you want to come down and pray for a name that's not on the list. Let's stand, let's sing, let's respond. Father, we thank you. We thank you that the Messiah is much grander, greater, and meets needs beyond uh, this physical world. Father, that your Son, you sent your Son because you loved us to die on the cross that we might have forgiveness of our sins and eternal life in your presence. Father, we pray that as we go throughout the remainder of this day and into this week, Lord, that you would use us wherever we are at. Father, that your light, your love, the gospel message might shine through us. Father, we pray for those needs, Lord, that are on our, prayer, on our hearts, Lord, those physical needs. Father, we pray that you would work in such a way that we'd know you were there. And Father, we might proclaim your goodness to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. So here, I want to show you a couple things. Don't run off. Okay. Choir practice is going to be down here, okay, and uh, work on that. So if you weren't here last week, show up this week. It's all good. Uh, this is our Have You Read? What changes you more than anything? 
reading God's word. So that's what I want. That's what you're encouraged to do. Now, the other thing that I want to show you tomorrow night, we're going to go over to Litchfield, Litchfield First Baptist. If you get on Union Avenue and head towards Hillsborough, eventually after you pass the library, look to the left-hand side, you'll see the church. That's where we want you to be there tomorrow night, 630. There'll be a short business session, but then we get to hear the pumpkin guy, okay, tell a story about how the shower trailer that's probably, is it at your house, Glenn, or is it it's, it's at Glenn's house, okay? And so eventually in the fall, it'll end up over there, and God's going to use that, and you get to hear about that. But I also want you to know about this. Flip the slide here, and if everything comes up right. Send Relief. Now, it's the merge, it's the, it's the working together of NAM, the North American Mission Board, and the International Mission Board. They have what they call prepackaged mission trips. Um, Shannon Ford, who's been here to preach, he actually just got back from one where they went to Puerto Rico. If you go on there, it's sendrelief.org, and it's mission trips, or you can hit trips after that. This will be in your email tomorrow, the link to this. Because what I want you to do, they're going to show this tomorrow night, is that we hope that people from our association, from our churches, decide to go on mission. We need to be a sending church. These are opportunities that you can be on to go. And if, like St. you recognize the arch down there? You all know that's St. Louis, right? Okay, St. Louis down there. If you click on that, it'll give you dates in March all the way through October or November of next year. And it tells you how much it's going to cost you. These, tri these mission trips are like $300. You can go to Dominican. Randy's going to go to Dominican. And I'd love, Randy would love for you to go along. Okay, really love for you to go along. Great people down there, great ministry. But maybe you don't have the passport. Maybe going overseas is not your thing. But maybe you want to drive to St. Louis or Memphis or Valdosta, Georgia. You can click on this and you can sign yourself up. They take 30 people a, a time is what that's capped at. And they're looking for 15 women. They're looking for 15 guys. That's how they're working it out. You're going to be working with a group leader, and it'll tell you a little bit more about what's on there. We, we can't. We tried. We can't click the page and get there. But I'm going to trust that you'll take a look and then pray and see where God might use you to share the gospel. I will tell you this. How many of you recently shared the gospel with somebody? Okay. Here's the trick. You'll have no problem sharing the gospel in St. Louis. You'll have no problem sharing the gospel in Oklahoma City because you won't see those people next week at Walmart. But it will build you into the person that can share the gospel with the people you know and love the most. Thank you, guys.